Welcome to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Hey guys, today we have on Tina Mai, who helps personal brands create seven-figure empires as she created her own multi-six-figure business in her first year at the age of 22, so you know it's going to be a great episode. Welcome to the show, Tina. Hey, hey. I'm so excited to be here, Danielle. I am too. For those who don't know, Tina has been my coach for six months? More than that? Maybe a little bit over six months now. Man, time flies. (laughs) right yeah and that's been really fun for me is because I can easily say you're yeah you are my favorite coach that I've ever worked with and it's funny because I think I just found you through like a Facebook group and we just kind of grew from there Mm, you're making me all smiley yeah (laughs) I don't I don't remember what was it maybe Angie Lee's group just a Facebook group and boom it everything kind of just exploded yeah I want to say either Angie Lee's or someone else's I just I remember you doing a lot of those like psychic biz threads or those like coaching threads and I would like I think I popped on one or two and I just noticed like you mentioned before like how much value you gave and I was like after I think a couple months it's like I need this girl in my life and talk to her and then like that think that's when I reached out to you and kind of just went from there yeah, that actually sounds right about right. I really loved your photo and I really connected with your energy as well. And I was like, this chick's going to do massive things. I really love her. <laughs> you know what's so funny too? I actually got that same thing. Um, we're going to go ser- We're gonna go very woo-woo for a hot second. Um, one of my friends, Sahara Rose, she was talking about the Michael teachings recently. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're like kind of like Esther Hicks kind of thing going Mm -hmm. and you can get like Michael readings on that and I got mine done but you have to show a picture of yourself like of smiling or not smiling and I don't have a picture really of me not smiling and I was like oh shit never mind (laughs) it's just not my personality to like take a random photo with no smile well you're just a happy person so you should show that you gotta be you right yeah I just I think for me, and this could be, again, different brands, like for you, you can really own like the little smirk you got going, like the grins. But for me, it always comes off the way that I feel is just like, I'm trying to be a model when I'm not. (laughs) That's just like not my, I can't do those faces or else I feel so weird. Like the last one I posted, I literally put in the caption, this feels weird. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. No, I was definitely like that at first as well in the online space. Like, I think every single one of my photos was me laughing and like cracking up because I was just too busy laughing at myself. <laughs> um, but over time, I just kind of was like, you know, let me just own that little model part of me or that part of me when I was like 12 who wanted to be a model. And that whole, I just want to be famous thing, I guess, has kind of like really settled in a little bit. And now I can kind of just own, you know what? I'm going to try like my, my posy faces and it's actually working. And I've, 
Like I spend time looking on Pinterest, like how do I pose for photos? And I just have a blast with it. It gets to be really fun. Yeah, I love that too, especially for like any upcoming photo shoots. I usually try and like go on Pinterest and have a little board of like different uh, poses or shots or whatever I can think of. So that makes complete sense. But I want to chat to you because I don't think I even know like your full story. Like what was kind of like your journey to becoming where you're at now? I don't want to call you a business coach because I feel like you're more than that, but it's just the best like term I have right now for you. So can you just chat a little bit about kind of like how you grew up to kind of what led you to going down this path? Yeah, this is always a really hard question because it's like, where do you start? Right. Um, where do I feel like I should start for you guys today? So I always go back to my university days, actually, right? I am quite young. Um, university wasn't that long ago, but it was really this battle of let me learn as much as I have to learn so that I can be good enough to start climbing the corporate ladder and like get shitty pay and (laughs) barely make any money to start to grow, to start to become maybe what I want to be. Right. All these, like all these different levels of the things that you think you have to do to have what you want. And I randomly woke up one day and wanted to study abroad in Australia. And I think that's really what started things. When I first studied abroad in Australia, I learned this different balance of work life that you can have fun and do really well and be really successful at the same time. So when I had come back from my first study abroad, I moved back to Australia again. And that's actually when I started my business. I I booked one year to live in Australia where half the year I would study and half the year I planned to do an internship, work abroad, something like that. And I had all this experience. I had been a project manager while I was in university, leading engineers, designers, entrepreneurs, um, doing a lot of technological products, all this really, I'd grown really, really fast while I was still in in my, in school days, but it was so challenging to find a job that was going to pay me what I wanted with my experience and like the hours that I wanted. And I thought it was all just bullshit. I remember being in, in this interview that I, with this company that was literally my dream company. It was the company that designed Google's headquarters. It was like a 90K job for my first year out of school, which was so amazing. Mm-hmm. I like I had found exactly what I wanted, right? But being there, it felt wrong. I There's that little voice in the back of my head, and this was before I really recognized how psychic I was. But there's this little voice in the back of my head saying like, what are you doing here? This is wrong. It doesn't feel right. Like, why are you here? And I remember taking the train back home saying, you know what, maybe I just need to start my own thing. Like, why am I joining this company to climb up to the top of the company to then feel like I'm good enough to start my own business? So I started my own business instead. And literally the day after I decided to start my own business, I landed my first client, made my first K. It was really awesome. And I was like, this could be easy. (laughs) And that's really kind of the initial beginnings of my business with With starting my business, I just, I wanted to grow really rapidly. I could see all the connections on why following my own path, even if it's the less beaten path, how that really resonated with who I was. And if this was resonating resonating with who I was, then maybe I can do this. Maybe I can have it easily. Maybe I don't have to spend 10 years to prove that I'm good enough to start to change the world. And that's, that's really been what has guided me this entire time. Yeah. Well, the great thing too, which you mentioned is the idea that, which 
I've worked on and we worked on together is the idea that it takes a lot of time and that's very hard. And I think this is a really great topic to speak more on because there's this shift and I can feel it. A lot of people I notice can feel it where there's not, you don't have to be fully masculine or fully feminine. Like you don't have to work all the time. You don't have to work none. You can find a good balance, but it's about kind of experimenting with yourself and seeing what that looks like for you. So I'd love to hear your take on kind of how did you shift out of that? How did you shift out of the, you know, work every day, all day mindset to more of this balanced state? Well, my number one goal going into it was I want to make a lot of money, right? Because I want to create a lot of impact. I want to do a lot of things. So I've gone into business saying, I want to make money. I want to master money, right? I guess that's how I became a business coach, right? <laughs> but as you go through this journey, what you will start to learn and realize is in order to have more of what you want, whether that be money, recognition, fame, reach, clients, to have more of what you want, you need to become more of who you really are, right? Love yourself through your flaws. Um, and a flaw that many of us think that we have, right? I know you and I have this a lot is we don't think we're working hard enough, mm -hmm. right? That's that flaw that we think we have, but that's actually who we truly are. We're these people that are a little bit lazy, but what is lazy? It's just something that society has told us. So it's really about learning who you are. And when you learn who you are, you learn that masculine feminine balance. You learn when you are avoiding taking action, right? And you learn when you're over pushing, pushing too hard. And when you find more of who you are, that's a natural state of balance because you were created perfectly, right? We're all created with the same energy of all that exists here. And you wouldn't say that God or the universe or mother earth is not perfect, right? but they're perfect exactly how they are, how they were created. And it's our job to remember that. And as we remember that, we learn how to balance our days. We, know, we learn how to schedule ourselves because we try something, it doesn't work. We try something else, it doesn't work. And eventually you just find this beautiful, cool, I feel really excited and happy here. And this is how I'm meant to take action. This is how I'm meant to work. This is how I'm meant to relax. Yes, and I wanna say too, when it comes to that area, I think you have been really great about this too, is this process of shifting into more of yourself or shifting even into more of that balanced state. It's not, you know, it's not an overnight thing usually. Like it takes some trial and error when it comes to finding what works for you. And uh, I think I was talking to someone in the mastermind that we're in who even mentioned that a while ago where they get little parts of that old limiting belief that'll pop up like, oh, you should be working this hard or you should be doing that. But to be honest, that's not always the case. And I, it's funny, actually, as we talked earlier, um, I finally took a second to realize, hey, some of this stuff that's in my head is not really mine or that I don't want to claim as mine. So I, talk, I told this to Tina is I actually put my voice, the one that's kind of negative and not my friend, her name's Regina. I don't know why I chose this, but it's kind of where I was with it. And ever since then, really detaching from that has really shifted things over as well as honestly going through like your five hour process. So I'd love to hear too, what kind of, how did you create your five hour process and where are you at with it right now? Yeah. I just love the fact that you call her Regina, right? <laughs> I just think of Mean Girls, Regina George. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> see that. Oh my gosh. I never thought of yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> right? She's like the high class bitch who just says all these things and makes everyone believe all That's this stuff. That's so funny. I never, I never connected that. That's wow. <laughs> <laughs> Finding as many reasons why, why this strategy works, right? Right. 
Well, the way I started the 5R process, it kind of formulated itself. Um, I've always been really obsessed with how the brain processes information, right? My goal has always been to become the best version of myself, um, create the most impact by becoming more of who I really am and, and sharing that with the world. But as you start your entrepreneurial journey, you'll slowly start to see all the mindset stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be talking mindset. This is like money mindset. This is how you have what you want. Um, and you're going to just notice your own mind trying to be, beat itself up or holding you back from having what you want. You're just going to slowly start to see that and recognize that in you. So I did, I did NLP. I learned NLP. I worked with a specialist. I started practicing on my own. I started working with clients. I started evaluating myself, learning from other people, reading. And what I recognized was that all of these different limiting belief processes that everyone had, everyone has their very specific set of questions. Here's my unique way. But every single one of these goes through the same phases. I've really got this obsession with like seeing lots of things. I know I'm really spiritual, but I'm also so (laughs) analytical, right? But I love looking at things and then evaluating it and finding what the common denominator is. And what I realized was there's five phases that you have to go through to really reprogram your mind, Mm -hmm. reprogram your subconscious, really reprogram who you are. Um, Because you get to choose what beliefs you want to believe. You get to choose what beliefs you carry. And it's up to you to change your mindset, change your thoughts so that you can create beliefs that serve you, create beliefs that make it easy to have what it is that you want. Yeah, and the great thing too about this I this arena that we're in right now with the online space, I read something a day ago and I heard it so long ago that it finally clicked again. You know, going into personal development or self-development is honestly, I would say, a mandatory trait that you have to have as an entrepreneur. You can't really get around growing yourself if you want to grow your business. And there's something I noticed last night that was saying, 99% of the world or the population of the world doesn't even go through this, which I don't know why that shocked me so much. I've heard it before, but to really think about we're in this like 1% of 1% who's aware enough to kind of go down this state and to go even deeper and really recognize what our beliefs are, what is holding us back. And I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, either on lives or so forth, but I'd love to hear and listeners as well. What is kind of like one or two of your biggest mindset or limiting beliefs that you've worked through or that you're still working on? Ooh, there's always going to be the same core limiting beliefs that everyone has and everyone is going to work through. And these are going to be the limiting beliefs that are always holding you back from that thing that you want. So the first one is I'm not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. I've worked through this belief about a million times. I bet you have. I bet all Mm -hmm. your listeners have as well. But one of the biggest reasons why we don't get what we want when we want it is because we don't think we're good enough to have it right some somewhere when we were between the ages of zero to 11 when we create our beliefs and our thoughts we we were taught that we're not good enough to have that thing we weren't good enough to have that barbie barbie doll that teddy bear Mm -hmm. we didn't win that like athletic competition or we couldn't read the sentence well enough so we got laughed at in class right it, it doesn't matter what that experience is. We all have those experiences when we thought we were at this certain space and this certain level, but then something happened and we, we weren't actually there. So that's one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
a big one that I'm really working through is it gets to be easy and I get to have not just what I need, but what I want. I see that a lot in my clients that are moving out of the five figure a month level to multi five figure months and multi six and seven is it gets to be really easy and, and you don't have to put all this energy and effort into it so that you can still have what you want when you want it just because you desire it, right? It's this whole, it, it falls down to the limiting belief of I'm not perfect, so I can't have it. Oh yeah. And especially in entrepreneurship, I rarely come across a person like maybe one in 10 people who don't have the perfectionist gene in them. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it's really good to talk about too. And actually this is a really great transition because I had someone in my group and I think ever through it, everyone has this idea of selling and that selling has to be hard. It can be sleazy, especially for service-based business owners. I noticed it's even harder because it ties to yourself. So I would love to hear your journey with selling. What's your take on it? And kind of how are you different from um, others who are in the space to kind of teaching selling? Yeah, I actually really love talking about sales. I didn't actually realize it until maybe a month or so ago, but I've I've been pretty solid at sales since I was like 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. I remember I was working at a retail store and we needed to sell perfume. The perfume was like part of the company and they made a lot more on perfume than they did on the clothes. And it was just like, I had like the rec I was record holder all the time for perfume <laughs> across the nation. It was fucking wild. Um, but I didn't really think anything of it. Right. I didn't really care. I was there to have fun and I believed in the product and and what you're going to learn is selling isn't about selling the thing. Selling is always about selling you, whether you're a service provider or you're, you're selling a product. It's always about just selling you, right? What makes me different about sales? I don't teach like a series of very specific questions that I want to take people through. Um, kind of like what I talked about with the five R's. I think, I think there's a natural like process that you want to take people through, a natural progression where you really connect with people, get to know them, and really come from a space of love when you're selling. When you believe in yourself and when you believe that you're really changing other people's lives, selling becomes super easy, right? It becomes really natural. What were we talking about the other day where I was like, you just sold that. Now you need to think like that with all your sales. Oh, yeah. I had um, someone on my podcast or one of the Facebook group hosts that we're both in. It's very... Um, very popular. She's going to be on my podcast soon. And I just pitched her, which literally was just a Facebook message. And she booked it a couple of days later. Yeah. See, it doesn't matter if you're selling something that's a dollar versus $1,000 or $100,000. It really is just about how much you can energetically back it up, how much you believe in it and how much you trust that it can be yours. So when you come from the space of love of, I think this would be amazing. This would be mutually beneficial for both of us that's when sales becomes easy. That's why it's about really working your money mindset so you understand your value. So you can say, duh, obviously this is $1,000. I'm not gonna blink my eye asking for this. Or duh, this is $100,000. It's obviously worth this. I know you're gonna get so much out of it. I'm not, I don't feel uncomfortable asking you for $100,000. Yeah, I think you've mentioned this too a while ago where the people who are making the bigger deals have this sense of like a fuck off energy or like, you know, a confidence type of energy that you know that what you have or that what you're selling is the shit. So there's no reason why to back it up. But I noticed so many, including myself, 
um, for a while have to, not have to, but we go through this arena of, okay, well, I want this new offer at a certain price point, but I don't have, I think a good amount of it comes from self-worth or like you said, like not good enough because without that, without that confidence, it's so hard to sell anything. Yeah. Making more money is just about feeling like understanding how much you deserve, right? Understanding your worth and feeling like you do deserve it. You don't cap how much love you can receive, right? But for some reason, we have so many ties to money that we cap how much money we think that we deserve. So we're like, no, I can't charge this much because I've not like done enough schooling or I've never charged this much before. I've never worked with people or I've only worked with this many people or maybe that awesome result I got was a fluke, right? We just doubt, doubt that we're good enough. And that really starts to weigh on the money because we're saying like, we're only good enough to receive in so much. Yeah. And I really want people to understand too, especially for listeners who are wondering when it comes to selling, a lot of this, you have to do untangling of your own mindset mess because, you know, someone can teach you, I say it so often, I can teach you the best marketing strategies out there, but if you, you know, aren't behind your own offer, aren't behind your own service, it's not going to sell no matter what. Yeah, it really, really does come down to that mindset side of things first, your relationship to money and your relationship to yourself. And then, yeah, your marketing strategies don't matter as much, right? As you level and grow, you, you will develop more, you'll need to develop more systems and more strategies, right? And automate those systems so you can just start to bring in a lot of sales, a lot of leads naturally, organically without having to do, like not organically, but through automation with like effortlessly, right? But you still need to close them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing I noticed too is, I mean, I told us on a live actually earlier today, I spent 30K on investing in myself last year, which was interesting because after a certain point, you realize one, who are the people who actually know what they're doing and those who don't, <laughs> but also it shows you there's a certain cap, I think, of like how much strategy and tactics you need because I've learned from probably the best of the best in the last 12 months, I mean, to be honest, and there's not much more that I could learn, which makes it a lot easier for me and more confident to say to people like, you don't need to invest in another course. Another course is not going to help you. You need help more when it comes to like your own personal strategy, your own personal like entanglement of mindset, whatever that is. It's usually not because you need more. It's because you actually probably need less. Yeah. It's, it's really coming back down to that understanding who you are, right? Like you do not know what you don't know. So it is important to learn and to constantly grow, but sometimes we try to grow thinking that who we are is not enough. So we're seeking validation externally by taking more courses. But if we believe that we're good enough, if we believe that even if we don't know what we need to do right now, we'll be guided to getting there, that will save you a lot of money on investments that are incorrect, right? My first couple of investments were not what I, not what I needed at the time. But <laughs> once I started thinking, you know what, maybe I don't know everything and that's okay. But when the time comes, I will get the coach that I have to have. I will find that course that I need exactly at that time. Um, I'll read that one post somewhere that like gives me that transformation that I need in that time. When you trust that you're always in the right place at the right time, you start to make wiser investments. And, and you'll start to realize as well that 
it's, it's kind of this progression of first you need to do the mindset of it. Then you need to do the marketing side of it. Then you like the messaging and the marketing and the monetization. And then you'll go to that next level where you got to do it all over again. You start with the mindset and you go back through that whole process. Yeah. I love that part too, that you mentioned is that no matter which stage you're in, whether it's 5k, 15k, 50 or over, like there still will be like a mindset step you have to work through, whether it's like you said before, for those it's, for those who are, you know, over uh, five figure months, it's going to be letting it be easy or allowing it to be, mm-hmm. you know, versus the other ones. And I think that's a really great note is you're going to always be working on yourself, like not in a bad way. It's not, it's not a problem. It's just more so you have to be aware of that and realize that the one thing you work on, you know, might come back here and there or a new level might um, go forward. It's the same thing with like, if you play Mario, like anything, Mario Kart, Super Mario Bros, whatever, whatever it is, you have a new obstacle up forward. It doesn't have to be a hard one. You can get over it easily if you, you know, know the right skills and if you allow it to go over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I always talk about the soul mind body connection. Um, we get really trapped in the body side of it, right? The physical side of it, the money, the action, the movement. But if there's something that you want that you don't have, right? That desire is coming from your soul. But a lot of the time, that missing piece that's out of alignment is the mind. You don't have the mindset to back up you having that thing. And there's always that growth. You need more soul, more mind, more body so that you can continue leveling up and leveling up and leveling up every single time. I fully agree. And I think this is a really great note too is because you work with, I think, both levels of people who are either not just starting out, but, you know, they're in their first couple K month versus, you know, multiple, multiple uh, K months. I would love to hear what's the common theme between those two? Like what's the common thread mindset wise or whatever commonality you see comes up for both of them? I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. Um, Money is hard. Mm -hmm. I have to work really hard to have what it is that I want. everyone's going to go through resistance, right? That time period where you feel stuck, where you've got this desire, you've got this want, and you're just not there. And that's when everyone falls back. I'll call it like your downward spiral, right? You can really easily get sucked into a negative vortex where you're just starting to pile on more and more and more of what, what it is that you don't want. But as you grow your income, you're growing your rec- like understanding of yourself. So you start to move through the resistance faster. Like it never gets easier, but it gets simpler because you start to see it and you recognize it in yourself way, way, way sooner. So you don't get kind of stuck and trapped in it. And then you also just start to trust yourself more, but you'll always start to doubt yourself, right? Like, yeah, you always, always doubt yourself. You always wonder if you're good enough. Yeah, and I think that too, we talked about this a little bit ago um, about human design, uh, the mm-hmm. different areas there are. You, I think, were a projector, right? Or reflector? I'm, I'm a manifesting generator. God, that's <laughs> why you can manifest so well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and the thing is too, what I love about that area is the human design, I think, it's very in depth about kind of how we see the world or how how we interact with it and when it comes to business so much of that bleeds into it you know so much of that area of spirituality of like those personality not even personality types but just who you are the more you find out who you are not in just like 
a spiritual way or personality way, but really like what makes you tick, what works for you, and you capitalize on that, that's when a lot of momentum starts to happen. Yeah, it's it always comes down to knowing who you are, becoming more of who you are. And I think knowing your manifestation type, I think knowing your personality type, I think knowing your love languages, right? Really understanding all these aspects of you will help you better make decisions, right? It's easy to beat yourself up or think you're doing the wrong thing or feel like you're, you're not working enough or doubting that it really, it really, by knowing yourself, you, you start to understand how you behave. Like you don't get mad at yourself if you feel inspired to watch Netflix because that's part of, part of your manifestation type maybe, right? Or your personality type. Or I know for myself, my theme is getting frustrated. So I used to get mad at myself for being, right? Yeah, same. I used to get mad at myself for being frustrated, which then just plummets you down more. Mm -hmm. But when you understand that, oh, this is actually how I recognize when I'm maybe out of alignment, or this is how I recognize I'm moving in the right direction, you start to really trust the process a lot more and trust yourself as well. Yeah, and I think with that too, there are certain aspects, like you said, can be applied to anything in life. For example, I think one of the first things I learned was that Myers-Briggs type, like the INFJ. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the really cool thing to me is that even though, because I'm an INFJ, there's parts of me that's fully introverted. Like if I'm at a conference and it's a day, you know, end of day, I'm going fucking home. (laughs) I'm going to take a (laughs) nap or whatever. And I'm okay with that because I know... I need that. But the really cool thing to me as well is with this online space, I love this. I love the podcasting, the speaking online. Like that's fun for me. And I notice when it comes to being yourself online, you don't always have to feel like if you're an introvert or if you're this, you're categorized in that way. You don't know until you know, like you mentioned. And I love that talk about it's all about experimenting and really finding out what you want because I think I'm actually going to some some conference or something soon or like in the next couple of months and like there's no way I can do an Airbnb with someone because it's just like I will I need myself I will cut someone if I probably do have them in my space after a long time <laughs> and I just love that part about embracing that embracing yourself like even in solo travel um even though I'm an introvert I love being able to see people but at the end of the night I'm going home and I'm not going to talk to anyone for a good eight hours and (laughs) I just I love that part and I love talking about it too because there's so many labels or lines that sometimes we can get too caught up with versus really asking ourselves okay I'm an introvert but in what situations or I'm this but in what areas versus like the blanket statement yeah, I, it's funny because my Briggs is something I did all the time and I noticed depending on my mood, I would change. Mm-hmm. Um, Strength Finders actually includes that within your profile, but it's, I, I used to be really shy, mm-hmm. but I felt like I was very extroverted because when I was actually speaking, I was very there, present, want to be the center of attention. And then as I went to college and university, I like joined a sorority. I was president of a bunch of stuff. I was How very talkative. How are you in the sorority? <laughs> I know. It's funny, right? Um, I loved the sorority. I was in Tri Delta. You guys know that one. Um, but when I started to be very extroverted all the time, I noticed how exhausted I would be. So that's when I was like, you know, I'm actually very introverted. I sometimes want to party and to be very social and to talk to people and hear people's stories and talk. 
but then there's other times where I just need a book to relax. I think that's, that not only is it about finding who you really are, it's also about creating who you really, who you want to be, Mm -hmm. because who you want to be is who you are, right? We kind of, I feel like when we go through self-development, we, we look at it as, and everyone talks about it as shedding layers, right? I'm becoming more of who I, who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, But part of it is like, you do get to create who you want to be. So recognize what it is that you want and then not only shed the parts of you that don't don't fulfill that but also change parts of you that do fulfill it like I was introverted and I I tried to be extroverted I learned to be extroverted I learned how to talk to people and present myself um but then I like came back to well I'm still about I'm probably like 60 40 70 30 depends on the day right Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think that's a great part too is like you mentioned there's going to be parts, even today, I think that's, today was back-to-back podcast and lives. And for most people, even sometimes after a while, that might be draining. But for me, I thrive off it. I've had the most energy. I got like five hours of sleep today, but I've had so much energy because for me, this like the one-to-one talking and also teaching on a live it builds me up as well as finding, I found a throwback jams playlist on Spotify that has been <laughs> living my life so well today, but <laughs> it really has. I did an Instagram story of me dancing to like uh, one, two step by Ciara or Sierra um, from like, the so old, good. <laughs> right. And that's one of those things that I noticed over time, I have given less fucks and not in a rude way. It's more of just like, you know, if you don't like me, then there's no point in following me. And there's, I love how these mm-hmm. things come to like fruition when it comes to all the cliches or, you know, the quotable things. They're still played on, they're still talked about because they're still true. And I love mentioning this because so many people see it, they see it on an intellectual level, but they don't integrate it in. And I think that's missing a lot of the times is we're learning so much, but we're not giving ourselves time to integrate or to, you know, take a second to just say, hey, okay, what do I need to learn from this? Or what can I put into place from this? Yeah, that's funny. I was just journaling myself. It's been the first time I've journaled for a little while, right? Like a good, I've done it here and there, but not had a good deep sit down session it's funny because I'm I'm always telling my clients you need a journal why are you journaling (laughs) um but that's I needed that time to reflect right whenever you start to feel stuck um it's probably because you haven't reflected on what's going on enough for yourself and I know everyone says it right such a cliche you better journal um it's talked about all the time but it it really is important and there's truth in all of these in in the stories and the fairy tales and the cliches Mm -hmm. I fully agree. And speaking of which, I actually want to talk about this new segment that I'm doing on this podcast, which I love so much, is the rapid fire round, where I'm going to send you a couple questions, which you can just answer in a couple words or in even a sentence uh, to allow the audience to be able to hear more about you and honestly learn some more. So are you down? (laughs) All right. You fire at me. I'll do what I can. Awesome. Okay. The first one's your favorite book you've ever read. Designing Your Life. It was really amazing. Bill Burnett. I feel like I've seen that title somewhere, but I can't remember from where. Like, it sounds very familiar. Okay. The, what is your favorite word or phrase you use daily? Hmm. The one that comes to my mind, so this must be the one you guys need to hear is, 
You're always in the right place at the right time, moving at the right speed to have exactly what you want just because you want it. There it is. <laughs> Long ass phrase. <laughs> it covers everything you'll ever need. True. Uh, if you were an entrepreneur, what would you have been? I think I always knew at some point I'd be an entrepreneur, but I was an industrial designer, UX designer first. I can see that. Uh, what is something you're not very good at or you're learning to get better at? Man, going back to the designer thing, I was really <laughs> bad at drawing. Like Same. I was very creative, great at designing, horrible at drawing. And that really bit me in the butt in my design days. I I'm left-handed too. So like when I draw, oh. I smudge. So I'm just like, you know what? Online design is kind of like where I... Not meant to happen in person, <laughs> right? Not in at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is one characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur should have? Mm, love yourself. Love who you are. And what are two tools, mindset, or resources you think that every entrepreneur needs to make their business successful? I would say the five R process, mm -hmm. um, every single person that I've worked with, it will completely rechange, not just your mindset, but your behaviors, your entire subconscious. Um, and the second thing, what did you say? You said mindset and then tools. It could be mindset, or resources, or tools, whatever you feel like. I guess the other thing is a mindset as well. Mm -hmm. Cause I think if you have the mindset of I can accomplish anything, right? Even if I don't know what I need to know right now, even if I don't know what I need to do right now, but if you have the mindset of no matter what the problem is, I will be able to overcome it some way, somehow, that will be the only thing you need to propel you forward forever. I love that. Last question. What does success look like to you in your own eyes? I'm obsessed with growth. So for me, success looks like continually growing setting intentions and having desires and then fulfilling the desires, right? Just always having new, new goals that I want to go to, getting there and really appreciating and loving the journey. Um, a balanced life, I guess. I have no doubt you're, I would never expect you to not hit your goals. I have no doubt you'll do that for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the present, I'd love for the audience and for even for me to hear too, what are some things you're currently working on to give them a little taste on what they can look out for? Yeah, so mm, it de depends on what regard, right? So <laughs> for me, I'm getting started on my first book, which I'm really excited about, about money, mindset, and reprogramming to be your highest self. So that's something to look forward to in 2019. Um, I'm filling my mastermind as well. So an exclusive community of high earners. So where you're just surrounded by your best friends, right? I think that's a big missing part of what happens in the online community is we start to lose, lose that sense of community and friendship. And as we're growing, we kind of outgrow the people that, that we used to love and we used to resonate with. So that's a big part of my 2019, my mastermind, and then also filling a couple one-on-one -on -one spots. So really taking people up to the 30k mark now and i'm just so excited so excited to work on such a personal level and have space for people and just whatever else comes to my mind i True. do things all the time right you do um <laughs> and just for everyone else i will link all of her social stuff especially the group her facebook group has her five R process that she goes really deep for you guys i'll link that all below so you can check her out check out the process and most likely check out her new book that will come out soon yay well, there you guys have it. This has been 
one of my favorite episodes to go into. And honestly, thank you so much, Tina, for coming on and taking the time. Oh, it's been so great. I love chatting with you and just to, our chats are always so fun and we always learn so much out of them. So to be able to have this conversation and have other people learn while, while we're learning and growing is amazing. Yeah, definitely our inner wise guys come out whenever we start talking. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're hilarious if I say Uh, so myself. (laughs) I think so too. That's why I can't wait for people to hear this episode. And for everyone else, if you have any questions, any DMs, all of both of our links will be in the description below. So you can check those out. And again, thank you guys for checking in and I will talk to you all in the next episode. Bye guys listening to today's episode i am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it for next steps make sure you go to danielleclem.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20 percent sales increase and launch make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at I'm Danielle Clem to go in deeper into the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.